I think images are on the rise. There's more and more images, whether you know whether we use them for public engagement or for decision making. Um, but I think it's really important that we understand how they can be used to help and deconstruct a helpful narrative and not create um, narratives that are counterproductive. Welcome to another acclimatised conversation on climate change adaptation, the show that picks the brains of some of the leading thinkers about climate change risk and resilience. I'm Lydia and today I'm speaking to Dr Catherine Gresham and Elise Shortard from REACH to learn all about their work on water security and resilience in the face of a changing climate. REACH is a global research programme funded by UK Aid and led by the University of Oxford that works with a global network of academic, government, practitioner and enterprise partners. They look at how to improve water security for the poor by delivering world-class science that can then transform policy and practice. Part of the challenge of doing research is then communicating it. And for research that seeks to be useful for practical action, this is further complicated by the fact that you have to make sure that it is actually relevant and accessible to practitioners. Communicating climate change and climate resilience is no easy feat, as it's something that is often intangible and hard to comprehend. So I went and spoke to Kat and Alice to learn a little bit more about the innovative research that REACH does and their approach to communicating it. Welcome both. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have Alice and Catherine with me. Um, but tell me more about yourselves. Hello. So I'm Alice Rotard and I'm the Communications and Knowledge Exchange Manager. It's a bit of a mouthful <laughs> for the REACH program. And essentially, this means that I work across the program to um, help researchers communicate and uptake their, their research. Um, and I'm also a photographer. Great. Well, welcome. Thank you, Elise. And Kat, tell me who you are. So my name's Catherine Gresham. I'm a social scientist. I'm a postdoctoral researcher on the REACH program. And I work in Ethiopia to understand the relationship between society and water, really getting to grips with how water is managed, how people access water, what they use it for. So you both work are putting research into practice but like what does that actually mean and how does that influence the way you do your research so i would say that um, reach very much is set up as a program to make change happen so the aim the overarching aim is to improve water security um, for people affected by by poverty uh, in Africa and in South Asia. And the way we do this is very much combine um, research with uh, partnerships with institutions in the global south. Um, and what that means in practice is that we acknowledge that as researchers, we don't have all the answers, we don't have all the knowledge, but we very much tailor um, our research, our expertise to uh, what is needed really to make change happen on the ground. Absolutely. And we depend a lot on the expertise of policymakers and practitioners in country to really influence our research. And so how, like, practically speaking, do you find that policymakers influence your research? 
in lots of different ways. So we hold quite frequent stakeholder forums where we exchange knowledge between researchers, policymakers, and practitioners. Um, a lot of the time it's about us presenting our research findings, but we also learn a lot from the policymakers and practitioners as well about what they're interested in, how our research can work for them and what we can learn from them as well. So you've got your partnerships and obviously the way in which you do your research is is quite different in making sure that it has practical implications. But do you help at all? Like what happens after that? So what, the main target of the REACH program is to improve water security for millions of people. And the only way we can do that is through capacity building. So we work with stakeholders in the Awash River Basin in Ethiopia, especially around uh, climate literacy. Okay. So how climate information is used in decision makings to manage water security. Okay, so you actually help people to use the research. You don't just dump this research on them. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a huge difference in climate knowledge between researchers at Oxford University and practitioners working in Ethiopia. And we really try to bridge that gap. So maybe just to pick up on what Catherine was saying, um, the science is absolutely critical and central to what we do. And I think those graphs um, and um, the more technical aspect is, is absolutely critical. But at times we try to bring in other ways of communicating it to um, to enrich it a little better, to make it more compelling. And um, visuals is one of the ways through which we do that. And intuitively, I think we know that images... Um, draw uh, an audience much more than text can. And in fact, there's science around that showing that the brain um, processes images much quicker than text. And obviously it, differ it differs between different people. Um, but one of the ways I think it can be um, really useful for us is for one in terms of catching attention. So when we talk about uh, the different ways in which people are affected, um, taking photographs of um, people interacting with water in different ways, um, highlighting different types of issues. A lot of the time we use photographs um, very much to illustrate our point, um, but also in terms of public engagement to join um, external audiences to our work. Yeah, photography is a really powerful tool for communicating complex ideas in a compelling way. It's actually based on images, but we also recorded some sounds, so made a video out of it, was um, doing interviews of uh, people in one of the communities that uh, we spent some time in, in in Ethiopia, and asking them different ways in which um, they're using water or some of the challenges they face. Um, some of them related uh, with climate. And once you accompany um, a research result with um, more stories, um, voices, images, mm. it becomes more tangible mm. and I think it becomes more relatable. Um, and, and then it's also around building that narrative, that frame. You know, people talk about uh, framing and what, yeah. is, what is the narrative you're trying to build? And I think images can do that because... Um, uh, they are what um, what comes up in people's mind when they think about our research. So it anchors it in a way. Yeah. Well, this classic idea of drought in Ethiopia, of course, is that it leads to a famine. So people become right. very food insecure. Yeah. Whereas what our research shows and what we try to communicate with our photographs is that actually it has 
really lots and lots of different impacts on health, on education, on children, on women, um, on men in different ways. And so the photographs can be quite a useful way of communicating these different impacts. And for me, what is very interesting is that um, as Catherine just mentioned, images can be really good at challenging certain narratives. So here, the narrative mm-hmm. that when there's a drought, there's a famine and, and that's that's it. But I think um, they can also create other narratives right. that are very unhelpful. And Like what? Uh, well, like the fact that, um, you know, Africa is poor and Africa yeah. and, and people... Um, uh, need to be helped or rescued and and um, and I think we have to challenge that in a way but it's very difficult and that as a photographer it's something that um, I'm challenged by and I'm interested in exploring more um, and I think images are on the rise there's more and more images whether um, you know whether we use them for public engagement or, or, or for decision making uh, but I think it's really important that we understand how they can be used um, to help and deconstruct a helpful narrative um, and not create um, narratives that are counterproductive. Yeah. That's what we tried to do with our photo- photography Absolutely. exhibition was to show a balanced representation, not only of the challenges that the community are facing, right. but also the coping strategies that they already have and their own resilience. I think that is that is really interesting. And therefore, you know, if you're challenging these incorrect narratives, um, that you're able to help people solve the problem. And, you know, that people aren't seeking to solve a problem that doesn't exist or isn't quite right. Mm-hmm. You can show it through that. Mm-hmm. I find that, like, absolutely fascinating how, one, that you're doing research in a way that is... Um, meeting the needs, like the information and knowledge needs of people, but also helping meet their practical needs and sort of literacy of these things and thinking about the practices that they then adopt, drawing on resilience that already exists in those communities. Um, but I think like there's a lot more that research could do for policy and similarly like policy could do for research so if you could change anything (laughs) in the way in which you do research other than to get more money (laughs) (laughs) that was my first answer (laughs) more money you know and and longer time spans to get stuff done by like what, what would it be um i would say that i would hope that the way we measure impact, so how useful our research is, um, that would change. So that would be different. We need to obviously report on how useful our research is back to our funders uh, to convince them to give us more money in the future. And and also we want to make sh- to understand that our work uh, is positive, is is having a, a positive contribution. Absolutely. Right, yeah. And how you measure that can be quite difficult. Mm. Um, so finding different ways of um, quantifying the impact. In fact, quantifying may not be the right term because it may not be something that you can get, you know, a data of improved uh, water security for 5 million people is obviously important to know, but um, it, it's it's maybe not, it doesn't tell you the whole story. But even just knowing how people use your research would help you know whether it's been useful or not. It's important to ask impact for whom as well. Right. So uh, it's quite widely understood that it's important for researchers, policymakers and practitioners to have this kind of formal knowledge exchange. I also think it's important to have the communities themselves in those conversations, Mm -hmm. telling their own stories in their own words. 
How could you do that? (laughs) I think you can do it in lots of different ways. So one way we're really hoping to explore is with participatory photography. So actually handing cameras over to community members themselves to take their own photos, to tell their own stories to local policymakers. Wow. And so if they were able to do that, that might then give the policymakers a different idea about the problems that they have. Absolutely. So what I found in my research is that policymakers don't actually have a strong understanding of the different challenges that different communities um, actually face. So it may allow some flow of information to improve policymaking. again to Dr. Kat Grasham and Alicia Tard for speaking to me about their brilliant research and the novel ways in which they communicated. Thanks also to the band Broke for Free who provide our title music. conversations on climate change adaptation or to access world-leading advice and guidance on climate risk management, visit our website www.acclimatise.uk.com. You can also listen to many more episodes by subscribing to SoundCloud, iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. That's all from me, so speak to you next time.